Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode, episode 118. How are we doing today? First of all, I just wanted to say thank you guys for listening. We appreciate it. We're back off the road, back from the RV trip. We haven't podcasted for three weeks. Mm-hmm. It's been super refreshing taking a break, and I'm ready to get behind this mic and give another awesome episode. Yeah, we have a great episode for everybody that's tuning in. We are going to talk about how to manage your finances as a nurse, and that's going to incorporate and figure out how much you actually get paid, your bills, and where your actual money is going and where it should go into. So the first thing on top of our head is manage your finances. So the probably biggest thing when you first get that nurse's paycheck and you take a look at it, besides the nice money money amount on it, right. you're going to have the net and the gross on it as well. That's probably the, the most and a key topic that we're going to talk about. If you're going to turn off this podcast in the next 10, 15 minutes, at least understand this portion. So when you get paid as a nurse... You get the gross pay and then you also have the net pay. So the gross is always going to be before you get taxed and your net is with your taxes subtracted and the net is the amount that you actually get paid versus the amount that you report on your taxes. You report both on your taxes, but the net is the one you actually see. Yeah, and and this is the same thing when it comes to travel nursing. You're always looking at the net because that's the paycheck that's going to be coming on Fridays. Take home. And if you want to go on a more in-depth episode about finances, episode 105, Getting Out of Debt with Allie Gortland, it was great on that. Because we're not going to go into 401ks or Roths or what you should invest in. That's an episode for 105. Yeah, we're just going to briefly go over the basics and not get into too much. And Allie did a great job in episode 105 on, on ta- speaking on how to pay off debt, what you should pay off first. And she goes deep into where your money should go and where you should allocate your funds. Yeah, and Peter and I... No one taught us really how to manage finances. It was all by trial and error and doing it ourselves. Like Even in school. Parents, same thing. You know, they're immigrants. They didn't know any better. They had that poor man's mentality in a way. And I'm thankful for like little high school professors or teachers that like taught us how to write a check. And we started kind of getting into that tracking and start developing those good habits that ultimately helped us save and make moves that we're doing now. Yeah, The biggest financial advice that Matt and I have received from my parents isn't on how to invest or how to grow your money. It was always to get a job and save, 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 and spend minimally. Yeah. Your, savings should always, yeah, your savings should always be the top priority because they always thought about the future because when they grew up in Poland, you know, they didn't have much money, so they had to always worry about the next day, the next week. So luckily, we got that teaching. Not a lot of people have that. We've been pretty fortunate growing up. Our parents weren't the wealthiest people, people you know, and they've come a long way from where they are now. But the one thing that they always instilled in us was was always save, 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 and a mentality stay with us through childhood because yeah. we grew up in that low income income level, so we didn't have much to work with, and that taught us how to save, luckily. Right, in a good way. Mm-hmm. But if you look at it now, that saving is not the best thing if you look at the dollar. So if you're somebody that's listening that has some money put aside and already like went through the steps and wants a refresher, well, prior to that, in 2021... We're, the government's printing out money like crazy. So there's, there's going to be a lot of inflation. So if you're trying to do something with your money, if you have a lot of saved, put it into assets. Because hmm. that dollar is losing value as time is going right now with right. the way the government's printing uh, money. Yeah. Especially with saving. If your percentage of interest that you have in your savings account, if that doesn't if that doesn't cover at least the cost of inflation or a percentage of, of inflation is going to change, there's really no point of you keeping it in a savings, savings account. Just, and you're just basically using a storage because then you're you're losing it's losing value as time goes on, because if you know if your interest and your 
bank account, your savings is like 0.9% and inflation is 1.2% or whatever, then guess what? You're losing that 0.3% every year of your money. And you're not that you should spend it, but you're technically better off spending it now than having it, you know, for later. Yeah. But you should always have that, that nice cushion, that, that reserve. And one thing that goes into also realizing how much money you make is to, the best thing to do and realize how much you actually make is to make it a month to month basis. So if you get paid bi-weekly, you get paid twice a week. Let's say you make 2K weekly, right? So you get two paychecks a month. So that's for $4,000 that you're going to make in that month. Figure out how much money you make and make it a month to month basis. Not really week to week because week to week is going to be really hard to keep up with because instead of doing your finances once a month or every quarter or every three months or however you deem fit, you'll be doing it every week. And it just gets time consuming and it just becomes a pain in the ass. Then you, then you stop doing it. Ideally, that is the best situation. If you could break it down to, to weekly, that's ideal. But most of us can't and you don't really need to. Yeah, and I'll, and I'll be on the other crazy side. So when I was travel nursing for the past two years, that's literally how I've been treating my spending. So like my travel nursing contract is my financial trip. So I literally go from week one on my Apple Notes, write down everything I spent. And then once my paychecks are coming in, I start putting in dates and finding out how much I'm making, how much I'm spending, and how much I'm profiting for my paychecks every single week. So then let's just say if, if, I, if my goal is to save, um, let's just say $5,000 and I'm not reaching my goal, I'm no, I have to know I have to cut costs week to week basis in order to reach that goal. So it's a little bit better if you want to really stay on top of it. And a perfect metaphor, it's like uh, trying to lose weight or gain weight. If you want to make sure you're going to gain weight, you got to be hitting the calories. So if you're tracking your macros, you are bound for success. Same thing this way. If you're spending your week to week, you're bound for success. Yeah, and that's obviously the ideal way to do it. And if you're new to travel nursing and you're not sure, hey, if you're getting paid enough, that's the best way to gauge it. Usually your first contract is always going to be the hardest one because you're first learning on how to do things. And if you manage your finances the way Matt does, you can actually see and actually tell people, hey, the money I was making in, let's say, Chicago, right where I lived, is... 20% less than what I make at travel nursing in Idaho, right? right? But you have to do, do, that, do that math and you have to also keep up with your expenses. And if you want to figure out week to week like Matt does, that's what you have to do. It's, it's pretty time consuming, but then when you get into a flow, it takes up less time, but it's still something that you would definitely be doing on, on every purchase, on every day kind of mentality. Yeah, and if you're trying to do that, I recommend just staying on top of it. So for example, if I'm shopping, my Apple Notes is open in my like finances section and it's in there before I hit the store. So then when I'm paying, I see the total, I quickly add it, put in my card while that's processing, I'm putting in the digits and I'm already done. So that saves me that time instead of at the end of the week, I have to go through statements and then it starts creating and becoming a chore and then I wanna do less of it. Mm. So this prevents me to stay on top and to actually uh, find some joy in it. Another key thing to consider when you're managing your finances is your bills. Yeah. How much do you actually spend on, on bills? So rent, mortgage, car note, food, accessories, subscriptions, all of that, because you know you have that paycheck coming in bi-weekly of $2,000 or, or whatever, but you have to negate some of that to your living expenses. And your living expenses are something that you always have to pay for because you can't live with, without these things. And yeah, you make 2K net, but you also have to subtract the utilities and all those bills to actually see what, how much money you're actually working with right. and how much you actually have to toss around, move around, and actually enjoy. Especially with like the subscriptions, like Apple has a few of its storage. You got Gaia, 
you're paying for Spotify, Netflix, like all this stuff um, adds up. So if you're trying to save, I think that's like the first thing, just like I mentioned, you should go through. Look at your damn expenses and cut the things that you don't need. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, Hulu. I think we're paying that for the past like six months um, on our like uh, finance or a business account. And we haven't deleted it yet. Mm -hmm. That's like a reoccurring charge of seven dollars. And over those six months, hey, that's like forty-eight. That's like fifty bucks we could have saved. Right. Yeah, I, I deleted it by the way. Solid yeah, plane. I got you, man. Thanks for letting me know on the yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's just so that way you're not thinking about a stress for out, sure. You know? Yeah, trying to stay afloat over here. Right. Yeah. So great. You're trying to manage your finances as a nurse. You know how much you make on a monthly basis. You also know how much bills you have and how much you're paying. Next step would be to to make a budget, and that literally starts with. Taking your net income, subtracting your necessary expenses, which is going to be your all your bills, all your leisure things that you always have to have to have, your internet, all that, and whatever you have left over, that is going to be allocated to other things in your budget. So the two main things to to, to always do is subtract how much you make from the necessities of, of life. And then you can start throwing money in different places and actually making a budget. So you're going to budget the amount of money that you have left over. A lot of times you should allocate a percentage to savings, to your checking account, uh, a percentage to maybe investments and your, your 401k. Do you have a 401k that's with your employer or are you going to do that 401k somewhere else? Right. Another great way to look at this big picture is I highly recommend looking at Excel, creating a spreadsheet for yourself, break down the months and the weeks and put everything in there, all your you know, reoccurring expenses and then see how you can save things, you know? And a perfect example is like, let's just say there's $4,000 a month. So you know that $1,600 of that is your utilities. That is 40%. Mortgage, rent, comment, internet. Those are, those are non-negotiable. Then you have to eat. How much are your groceries? Let's just say there's 600 bucks. There's 15% of that. How much are you willing to save? Let's just say when I save 25% of that, that's $1,000 you could put away a month. And then, of course, you're probably going to be going out and there's leisure. So put 10% there, put 10% there. And that's your budget. It's really not that hard to do. It's not difficult. It's just that it takes time. And looking at spreadsheets isn't the most exciting thing. Especially as a nurse. Yes. But guess what? You pass nursing school, which is a lot harder to, to do than this whole budgeting situation. So if you could pass nursing school, you could for sure make yourself a budget. It's just high consuming and it's a little bit boring. But do it sooner than later because it's going to help you out a lot in the future. That's just part of being an adult. Yeah, because I, I there's, no more mom, yeah, there's no more mommy and daddy you know, paying the bills for you. It's, yeah, there's no more mommy and daddy paying the bills for you and you're just saving up to, to buy a place or to, or to buy a car and all that stuff. So it's time for you to take responsibility and do this. And trust me, do this sooner or later because then you're going to be so much wiser, so much smarter with your money. And you're going to have more money than you thought. Because when people don't manage their finances properly or accordingly, nurses somehow go broke or or don't have enough money to do certain things and i figured out like hey how is this nurse struggling living at home and i'm here you know living in, in the condo and paying you know association and all, all these bills how am i able to be financially fine and this other nurse living at home is is not yeah why because i took the time out of my life to make a simple spreadsheet just write down how much i make and what i need to spend on and then just that's it and then you figure it out from there Finances are a lot more important than you might think, and a lot of people put them off, but just, just do them. And then if, if, you, if you're the kind of person that likes looking at numbers, like managing finances, 
well, guess what? It's going to be a lot easier for you. And then you could always allocate money to play around with, with like Robinhood or, or, or stocks or even a further investment and have some of your, your money in a more riskier asset to kind of mess around with and make you money in the future. Right. And now that you have this big picture and now you know how much money you can save, what are you going to be saving for? Mm. So some people save to invest in future things and some people are paying off their debt. If you're in that situation, more than likely you finished nursing school for four years, you got some loans, right? Mm. How much money are you willing to put away? How fast are you willing to pay that off so the interest rate doesn't catch up to you? And a debt-free nurse does a great job on Instagram to help people pay off their credit card debt, their student loans. She has processes that she offers on how you should take it because a lot of people have multiple loans, right? So trying to figure out which one to pay off first, it's really, really hard to do and be efficient. So the debt-free nurse does a really good job. Also, episode number... Uh, was it 105 yeah we also talk about paying off debt but the easiest way to pay off debt the way i looked at it is always pay out the high interest ones first because that's the ones that's eating most of your money and i would take advantage of credit cards but use your credit card as a debit card the beauty of credit cards is that they offer points and rewards which a debit card doesn't offer so some of them offer two percent back on certain purchases five percent back quarterly on certain things like gas and, and food and you could use that as at the end of the year to put more cash in your bank account because your debit card is not going to give you anything but the thing is use the credit card like a debit card so if you have 100 bucks in your checking account don't spend 150 on your credit card just because you can right use it as a debit card and that is also going to put you a step higher than probably amongst your friends and a lot of people in society where they just keep buying things under under credit card and keep acquiring interest and just debt and debt and debt and they can never get out of there. That's the revolving door, man. And the credit cards are tricky for that. And like if you're, you know, if you paid off your credit uh, credit cards and all that, you want to worry about your debt, whether that's like a mortgage or student loans, like understand that there's interest in principle, you know, like let's just say your mortgage is 500 bucks, but there's an interest rate of like, 4.75%. I'm not going to do math here. So don't quote me on these numbers. Let's just say your you have a $500 mortgage, your principal principal is 400 bucks, but 100 $100 is interest. So you're only paying off your mortgage $400 a month because that 100 bucks is that freaking interest rate on that mortgage. So if you divide that number and then you're paying $2.50 a day, that starts adding up. You want to get rid of that. So make it your focus, maybe sacrifice not purchasing that car this year or whatever it is and get that paid off because it could save you a lot of money in the long run if you look at it like that. Exactly. Just because it tells you, hey, all you need to pay is this much, you don't have to. You, you, you could pay it 100 bucks more, 200 bucks more to pay off quicker. But of course, there is some mortgages or certain, certain loans that you have to take the 12 months to pay off. I would definitely avoid those. Because ideally, the sooner you pay it off, the less you're paying in the long run. Like Matt said, because because the interest just just eats away your money. Yeah. And don't and never pay the minimal because you if you pay the minimal on a credit card, you're not paying off the product in, in full. Like Matt saying with, with with his mortgage. Not everyone, not everyone has a mortgage. So I'm trying to bring something more in tune, tune with people that know mortgages. So like credit card, just because your your minimum payment is fifty bucks doesn't mean you should pay the fifty bucks. If your current balance says one thousand dollars and your minimum payment is fifty bucks. That's not gonna do too much to to your to the actual balance that you have. A lot of that's gonna go to interest, and it's revolving, you know. Right. So now you're gonna get every month you're gonna pay an interest because you're not paying off the actual thing. And some people just 
pay interest and they, they never actually pay off the product or or the thing that they took out the loan for or the thing they use the credit card for. And that's crazy. Because one of my, one of, I'm not sure who was, but my friend or something, he was telling me how, how much he pays and I took a look at his statement and I'm like, yo, like only like 10% of this payment is going towards the actual cost of, of what you bought. Like you're, you're getting screwed here. And he's like, oh, I never thought about it that way. I'm like, yeah, just because it tells you the minimal how much you pay and they recommend you paying this much doesn't mean you should. And it's wild that our educational system doesn't give us the proper, like our high school education should have a curriculum for finances, but you know, you make more money off people like that. And let's just say you want to borrow money or you need some money to make some moves for yourself, purchase a car and things like that. Uh, One cool way to do it is you could purchase a credit card or apply for one that let's just say gives you 0% APR for 12 months. So now if your credit card limit is, you know, $3,000, you could actually load that card up and, you know, acquire no interest for three months. If let's just say you need something for your purchase, like a MacBook and you want to leave it on there. Mm-hmm. So that's another smart way to do it. And if you're taking a loan out for things, well, you're going to run into credit score. And it's really important to understand like this three digit number because it actually impacts how lenders are giving you money. And the rule of thumb is, is higher your credit score the better percentages and better perks you get when it comes to taking out a loan. Right. Yeah, and I have a little graph here that I'm taking a look at, so I'll read off it. This is according to uh, mybanktracker.com regarding the FICO credit scores. So a number between 7 to 50 and 850 is considered excellent. 700 to 750 is going to be good. 650 and 699 is going to be fair. And then anything basically below 650, it's considered bad. And if you go even lower, it's, it's very bad. And that's why... That's why there's a difference when you go get a loan versus your friend. Because if your friend has his credit score of, of six, 620, he's going to get a higher interest because he's not as good of a candidate as somebody that is, has a credit score of 700. Where you're going, instead of getting a 5% on the 620, you come in with a 700, you get 2% or 1%. That's where the difference is. And it's, it's, it's kind of tricky because coming out of nursing school, you're not going to have a big credit line. So you might not even have an accurate credit score, even have a credit score coming out of school. You're going to need to build up that, that credit. That's why you should get that credit card early on, but use it as a, as a debit card. That way you're building credit throughout throughout you know these coming months or these coming yeah. years. And if you're a nursing student that's listening to this, you, when you get something in the mail that says apply for the student you know credit card, get it. Because mm-hmm. that's going to be a factor that's going to build your credit score. But be smart with it. Be smart with it. If you only put 20, 50 bucks, 100 bucks on it, just do it. Because that's going to benefit. That's building up your credit score already early on when you're 18, 19, 20. Yeah, and I have, I have, I usually, I bank with Chase. So luckily with Chase, I have my credit score accessible all the time. And it even tells it how it's changed over last month, the last year, how it's trending, what has affected it. Like, was I late on a payment that dropped it down two points and, and so on and so forth. That's cool to look at. And I still don't even 100% know how they actually come up with, with this number. It's just something people use for, for financing and, and for credit. Yeah, it's, it's there and people look at it all the time. It just is what it is. Yeah, it's an algorithm, but mostly depends on bills. Are they paid on time? You know, if you missed a payment, they blocked your account. That's going to come into factor. If you have a credit card that you never paid for, um, how quickly are you paying off your debt? If you're risky where you're having a 6000 credit card limit and you're always maxing, almost maxing out that limit every single month, that's going to affect your credit score because you're risky for investors to put a loan out, you know? 
And, and if you are, if you are always hitting like your your maxes, I would highly recommend reaching out to your credit company and ask if you could have a higher one. Yes. So if your max is six k and you're always have monthly worth of 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 money spent is fifty five hundred, ask them to bump it down up to like seventy five hundred or 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 eight k because like Matt said, you're gonna keep hitting that roof and you're and people are gonna be thinking that you're not that you can't afford to pay off these things and using credit all the time. Yeah, it's a great little hack. Yeah. So I highly recommend that. It's all you really do is if you have change discovery, you, you click a button on, on the settings and it already asks the, them for you. If you get approved, they send you the email or, or they just bump it up on the spot. Yeah. L- luckily, I got lucky when I was younger. And when I was 20 years old, I took a loan out. So my credit score has always been great. Mm. Like I've never had issues with anything I was doing. Yeah. I got a credit card when I was 18 and my parents told me to get a, get the credit card, but get a decent one and, and always treat it as a debit card. And that's what I did. So I think I've had credit since I was 18 years old. But of course, when I was 19 years old, it still says I don't have a credit score. Why? Even though I had it for a year, I was only making and make and making purchases of like 50 bucks a month on that. So it takes time. Yeah. You know, just and the sooner you do it, the better off you are. But you just spending 50 bucks a month is it going to build your credit up real fast? But still, at least they have something. And then when you become a nurse, and when you actually start spending some money, then your credit's going to be built quicker and quicker. Exactly. Best way to wrap it up. Mm-hmm. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode where we talked how to manage finances. This is a great episode, understanding the the pay, how to save, how to make goals, and understanding your credit score. We're also going to link the show notes and the debt-free nurse in our show notes in this episode and in all the platforms that you guys are listening to. And for any more information from us, cupofnurses.com and wearefrontlinewarriors.com. Bye-bye. Have a great day.